This is an ohs.com.au production. Welcome to episode 37 of the Australian Health and Safety Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm joined with Nick Wazinski from Sign On Site. Good morning, Nick. G'day, Brendan. Thanks very much for having me. No, it's been it's been uh, great great to meet you over the last few weeks and hear about your story. So, what does Sign On Site do? Well, Sign On Site's an app that's designed to put the worker at the centre of understanding risk on a construction site and helping with safety. So, it started as a check in check out system to make sure builders knew. Um, who was on site in the case of an emergency. And then from there, we've been working over the last six years with businesses around Australia who manage construction sites to sort of do more and more safety workflows. So things like inductions and toolbox talks and, and stuff like that. So is it a bit of a competitive space? I know there's a lot of companies that are like, this is the holy grail if you can crack, you know, the, the one system that manages contractors Australia-wide um, I know there's a few companies trying to do that. Um, what's the competition like? I think in, the, in terms of a safety management system view of it, it's, it's pretty competitive in that there are many options for a safety manager or a head of health and safety at a, at a company in Australia. But um, I, guess it, I guess it comes down to how you slice and dice it. So we've tried to focus on attendance and inductions as really key workflows to focus on in terms of what builders really need to understand at at the the most simplest level in terms of worker level participation and understanding of risks and stuff on on site. So we really focus on that and anything that touches the worker we're really focused on. There's a lot more to safety, I suppose, than just those workflows. So I guess that's an area that we're less focused on at the moment that other systems can come into it. But um, yeah, I guess I guess it's a difference of approach, I suppose, is our kind of competitive play as opposed to trying to have the best induction form, which I think there's only so much uh, orange juice to squeeze out of those oranges, so to speak. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So I would imagine there would have to be a certain like building company size to make this system worthwhile. Like is there a... Is there a sweet spot where your customers start at? Like, is it 50 people or 100 people? Or um, That's something that's changed over time. So traditionally, and when I say traditionally, I sort of mean five years ago, um, we found that the problem was most acutely felt by people who are operating many sort of commercial or fit-out sites, especially when they did so over multiple cities and states. And that's where the problem around visibility of attendance and showing a cloud-based record of who was inducted at what time on what site, when you've got lots of projects going, that was a really big problem for safety managers because you can only be so many places at so many times. Yeah, so like say you're based in head offices in Sydney or Canberra and you're doing jobs in Melbourne and you're using subbies to do that, this system will allow you to keep an eye on that, make sure they're turning up for work. Yeah. Or another another kind of example might be um, you might be preparing for an audit 
or or you may have gotten audit recommendations associated with making sure certain contents in your site specific induction and making sure that everyone who's actually on site is inducted and has a white card, for example. So if you're in another city and it's your responsibility to make sure your systems are being sort of adopted and used in a way to make sure those, those things are being captured, how do you do that? Well, one way of doing it is driving to the place or hiring another person to go and audit that, those site records and go into the cabinet. Another way is to use a cloud-based system where you could do those checks from the comfort of the head office. And I think that type of opportunity is something that initially got um, people really interested. So, I mean, how did you get started on this? It's, it's fascinating to, because you've got, was, I, was it 20,000 users or did you, did you say? or Yeah, it's about 20,000 active workers on the platform and about 150 builders across yep. Australia, New Zealand and creeping into some other international markets. Um, and that's certainly come a long way from, from where we started. But the real origin story, which is with, um, Mitch Harmer, who's the CEO and, and founder of Sign On Site, he um, found a problem with a with a particular construction site that he had a personal connection, uh, a, a company that he had a personal connection to, and they had a challenge, which was um, they were seeking FSC accreditation, so they were they were trying to win more work with government, which mm-hmm. was going to be lucrative for their business. And they were, it was a civil company and they had a problem whereby they had a very, very large site and their process they had in place as a control mechanism in terms of evacuations was not meeting the OFC auditors, I guess, requirements. So Mm. their ability to understand who was on site and evacuate them in a timely manner was basically not to standard. And so that was the trigger for Mitch uh, as a sort of like experienced technologist to say there's a better way of doing this Hmm. and he came up with the concept to say well can we get workers to check in with their smartphone and that way wherever they are if they're 10 kilometers in the other east end of the corner of this large civil construction site if there's an emergency we can send them an alert and the post and uh, the pre and then post comparison about their current system which was like paper and sirens versus using sign on site, I think they reduced their evacu- evacuation time by like nearly double or by half. So they went from something, I think it was 24 minutes to 12 minutes and that satisfied essentially that recommendation that they needed to improve that and help was a part of the reason they were able to get that reaccreditation for OFC. So that was a massive win for the business. And then after that happened, then what, it was- Sorry, what year was that, Nick? Uh, that was 2014. Okay. In Canberra with a yep. company called Huon Construction. Yep, and and so they got as a result of your system that helped meet the auditors' uh, satisfaction, and then onwards and upwards from there for them. Yeah, it was it was one of many things that they had to demonstrate. So you know, it wasn't like uh, but you know, you sign on site get OFC. Yeah, was, that was a particular site specific requirement that they were being kind of checked against. Um, but it was it was that use case that really got us on the ground, meeting people, understanding problems that then sparked something with Mitch and 
after we worked with you on it was a case of figuring out who else would be interested in something like that. And, and so, I mean, these software projects, they can get incredibly complicated and, you know, it's it's sort of like how long is a piece of string? Hmm. What, um, how long did it take to develop, you know, the initial that initial system? Was it a, a long project or was it just something very basic to get you off the ground and, and then obviously you've built on that? Yeah, so we... We have always maintained and set out to adopt, I guess, an, a, uh, an agile methodology. And a big part of that is, you know, f- focusing on communication and the customer and getting workable software live rather than, you know, contract negotiation focused approach to project management or like writing a really, really detailed specification that we go and get done. And I guess that, the reason why that philosophy is um, powerful is because if you can get something in the hands of users, your ability to learn from, you know, uh, a beta tester's first go at trying to sign on to a site with your first version of your app, it's it's going to give you the insight that you need early to manage risks or make changes. Whereas if you kind of scurry away behind a blanket for a year and then rip off the yeah. you know, cloak. <laughs> Ta-da, here it is. Yeah, you cloak might you might have gone down the wrong rabbit hole. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> going, so we, this we is what we think you approach. need, but it's in reality it's something completely different. Yeah, that's right. And we we still take that approach today. We release we release new apps to the app store and update our front end and back end so like the web service every two weeks. Okay. Um, so we're always trying to continue, have a culture of continuous improvement. So um, that hasn't been something that's changed. So it was a case of really getting a minimum viable product, as they sort of call it, yep. into the hands of um, workers and site managers and using that as a starting point to say, look, this isn't done. We know it's not done, but let's try and do one little part of this workflow, get your feedback, improve that, and and keep doing that Um so that that must that, that must have been exciting back in 2014 when you, what was the moment where you thought, hey, we might be onto something here? I think for um, I think for Mitch that that office of the Federal Safety Commission of finding was a really black and white obvious win mm. that was easy to rally around, and in terms of activities like building a team or hiring more people and building a team around the company and defining a mission, which is to sort of put the best technology in the workers of every, in the pocket of every worker on, on site in Australia. That really crystallized at that moment and, and created an opportunity to build a lot of momentum. So I think for the early stages of the company, and, and I've been at Sign On Site for four years, so I wasn't there for that, for that moment. Um, but I can speak to the reason that, that made me excited, which was um, the, I think the industry has a really, gets a really bad rap in terms of its technology adoption, which is something that's been changing heaps over the last 10 years. Um, But something that I think is actually a myth that I get, guess I've sort of busted, at least for me, is that the industry is not innovative. And it's very obvious if you go out to site and talk to anyone, whether they're a concrete or a plumber or a site manager or a foreman or whatever, they're solving problems all the time in real time. They're having to, you know, work with a team. 
get people who are good at certain things coordinated in a way to get the job done. Now they're, they're motivated to do that for money and, and, and they need their profit margin and, and stuff, but they're actually really innovative people. So I, I didn't really know that when I started, but one of the things that we tried to focus on was getting out and talking to customers and through that process of meeting a lot of people who, some of who were using our product, some of whom weren't ready to try it yet. I sort of, that really clicked for me and I was like, yeah, they're, they're really open to this and people are writing them off as being maybe a customer type in the technology space that's too hard to work with or they just won't get it. And I realized that wasn't true. So for me, that was the moment I realized there's some untapped potential here. There's a whole bunch of problem solvers solving you know, complicated things all of the time out on site and technology is a great way to assist in that problem solving. So, um, yeah, I saw that as an opportunity to work with work with this industry that I hadn't really been involved in before. And yeah, yeah I guess the rest is has been history. Well, been well really I fun. guess when you when you think of tradies and builders and they're all very hands-on practical people, so if you've got a solution that's going to make their life easier and they can see that, why yeah. wouldn't they jump on? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're very practical. Uh, from my experience, everyone's quite practical. And um, the other great thing about those type of people is I've found they give you really good feedback quickly. Yep. And they don't sort of sugarcoat it. Yeah. So <laughs> if Tell it, it like work, it is. You're going to find out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if it, so that probably goes both ways. If it's, if it's really good or crap, they're going to tell you. Exactly, yeah, what I, works and what doesn't work and why it doesn't work, if that's the case. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, they're committed to the process if they can see that it could work. Um, but it just makes it makes that collaboration actually really, really good because you need to be doing those iterative loops of getting the feedback. And other customer types, you know, for example, in other industries, you get a lot of it, – it's hard to get the real – the real feedback. So you yeah. might get a lot of, oh, it's just not a priority for us right now or I'll let you know next week and it's because yeah. that person's busy or they don't have time for you. And maybe the real reason is they just, they don't care enough about the problem you're solving. But I found with the, the trades on site, especially, they'll just tell you that. And so yeah. it just saves everyone a whole bunch of time. And yeah. it's really efficient and great. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing with the construction industry. They're uh, a lot of uh, salt of the earth characters and, yeah, there's no pretension. That's what I've found anyway, uh, being involved with construction, that it's, you know, you'll get the real deal and there's uh, there still can be politics, but, you know, um, it's uh, they'll, they'll tell you how it is really. Mm. And they're always willing to have a go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I was curious to find out about, because um, you guys are based in the ACT, um, how do you think that, you know, being an ACT-based company, how because it's it's often called an island in the middle of New South Wales. Um, how has that yeah. contributed to sign-on-site success? Has it? Do you think it's been a? You know, I guess the ACT being a pilot um, pilot ground, perhaps, and being able to perfect your product mm-hmm. and and move out from there. Have you thought about how that may have contributed, like your your geographical yeah, yeah. location? Yep. Um- so Australia has a history of, um, you know, technology companies coming from both, you know, big city hubs, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, etc., but also of, of, I guess, more regional hubs. You only have to look at other companies like Safety Culture, for example, 
Um, and I guess for the ACT and the sign on site context, something that became apparent really quickly. And it's similar in places like Perth and Adelaide and um, uh, Wellington's and other Wellington and Christchurch and other places that I found this personally, where if you if you get something right in the industry, you'll very quickly spread from a word of mouth perspective in areas where the builders are very, very connected. So in the ACT, there there are many builders, um, but and they all really, they know each other and they really know what each other are sort of doing. Yeah. That's partly from a competitive, you know, um, perspective, but it's also uh, really good from a collaborative perspective. And so if you can solve a problem that's universal, um, your idea and the opportunity to get introductions, et cetera, can, can spread really quickly. And I think that was really important commercially for Sign On Site um, early on was actually being in Canberra was an advantage because once we got some early um, adopters of the system, in particular, um, Huon and Mantina, um, that those sort of really showed the industry, oh, these people are doing something interesting interesting here like what sign on site tell me about it why are you using it what kind of problems does it solve so in that way i think starting an act was a huge advantage and i i imagine that would have been um harder to achieve in a larger market where people are still connected but not to the same extent based on the kind of size i suppose so that was a really great thing about being an act mm. so what um you were saying you came on four years ago what was the the pivot point for you coming on board i was working at a really big accounting and consulting company that i you know personally thought was the the thing that i wanted to do and after trying that for a few years and working with different companies including some smaller more innovative technology companies i sort of got to peer into their businesses and saw the exciting things that these founders and sort of technologists were doing with their careers and their lives and i realized in that moment that i really wanted to do that and being a consultant and making recommendations wasn't quite the same as doing it yourself yep, yep. um and you wanted so to be on I, the coalface yeah, that's right. So I, I, um, I had met Mitch, the founder, um, previously in Canberra at some Canberra Innovation Network meetings, which is where our office is based in the Canberra Innovation Network, which is a, a bit of a shout out. It's a great, great hub for new companies and, and sharing knowledge about starting your own ventures and stuff. So had a coffee with him, told him how I felt. And at that point, signed on site you know, still had, I think, maybe 10 to 20 customers um, and really needed to focus on a go-to-market plan to get the attention of and work with builders, not just in the ACT, but across all of Australia. That was like the next step in the mission. So that was perfect for what I was looking for. And I, um, yeah, I moved, <laughs> I moved onto my mate's couch yeah. and stopped paying rent. Yeah. And uh, Mitch had already been, you know, sort of living that lifestyle for a little while and had got his, you know, tuna lunches down to an art, like a $2.16 lunch every day. So that it was really just an all in kind of all in on black moment at the casino right. where we both felt 
there's something here, like it's worth putting a bet on and just worked um, really intensely on trying to trying to get that go to market strategy working. So that was a really fun experience. And despite the maybe the level of di- difficulty at the time, it, it was really fun. Yep. And um, so, so that was your sort of first foray into your own business. Yeah, uh, I had tried other things before. Actually, um, in Canberra, uh, I was one of I was co-founding a company that was trying to teach university students how to trade on the Australian Stock Exchange. Okay. And we were we made a product that we were trying to sell into universities, and that ended up being really complicated and convoluted. And we had a, a, a as it turned out, it wasn't a very good sales strategy, and so we ran out of money, and we had to stop. Yeah. Um, so I had sort of tried that once before, and um, but I saw something different with with Mitch and with Sign on Site. So that um, those early days were really fun, and I got to get both hands onto the problem and kind of go all in. And that was what I was looking for at that time. So it was a great great experience, and I look back on it very very fondly. I learned a lot of a lot of um, I think important business lessons from that, and a lot about the industry too. And what's the team size now? So we're at about uh, just had a high today. So we're at 18, 18 people across Australia. Right. Um, That's great. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's, yeah. Um, and and I guess you've got your cool. software people in house making constantly tweaking code and making updates and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's correct. So we have we have a team of uh, five in terms of product and engineering. And then we have sales and marketing, uh, operational support, technical support, and also we have a um, a four-person customer success team. So every time we introduce Sign on Site to a new customer, it's really important that they kind of get get help in not just learning how to use the technology, but understanding the change management process that's going to have to happen on their sites moving from mm. paper to an app-based solution. So we it's really important to us to help them with that it's really hard really hard to get people to uh change the way they do things so i think that's really really important with software in particular yeah that's right it's not just press this button in this order it's also what strategies you have in place to help those people who might find you know using their phone their smartphone for work for the first time ever like that that mm. has its own set of challenges so yeah investing in in that team in our company it was a really big goal and once we could afford once we grew our customer base that became something we noticed it was really important like every new customer has to think about how they're going to roll this out how they're going to get adoption how they're going to you know meet those um rollout kind of challenges and how do they measure whether it's working or not so that team's really important and and how does the pricing work on it is it a like how many staff you're managing or is it a flat rate or how does all that work? I mean, I yes. can get, if anyone's interested, we'll, we'll put you in, con- we'll, we'll get your contact details, but you don't have to be specific on pricing, but just tell us roughly how, how it yeah, works. Sure. So it's, it's something we've experimented with a lot over the, the life of the company. And I think the model we're at now seems to provide the, most flexibility for different business types, which is something that's really good. So we now, <clears throat> excuse me, we now price based on 
the turnover of the company and the number of sites that they would be managing at any particular time concurrently. So for example, um, we might look at a company who just does two big commercial builds a year and we'll have a we have like a sort of price calculator where we input their turnover and and the fact that they're managing two sites and that'll give us a monthly subscription price or an annual subscription price. So depending on the options that um, make more sense for the company, some people like to pay a year upfront and we offer a discount on that as well. Um, other people like the, the ongoing monthly mm. structure. So it's a subscription model. So it, it really just depends on, on those two factors, um, but doing it that way means we can price a lend lease project building a new hospital and we can price a fit out company who are building new bars and restaurants and we can price a company that's building petrol stations and we can price a company that's building you know 20 high-rise buildings across new zealand concurrently and the price hopefully makes sense for both of us yep without having to sort of charge a, a residential builder the same amount of money yeah. <laughs> that we might charge lend well, lease. I mean, when you, house, when you think so about it, it, it's sort of your system is like insurance and that's how builder's insurance and construction insurance work as well. It works on turnover and, and what, your yeah, risk, what your risk levels are at, at any one point in time. So that, that, that completely makes sense. And, and obviously customers are, are buying, so you must be doing something right or subscribing, I should say. Subscribing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and I think that model just at both ends of the, the spectrum makes it work better. Like larger customers will often have more support and that customer success kind of implementation stuff that I talked about, and that obviously costs time and money for for us. So it's just about making sure mm. um, it makes sense for for both parties. And we often do, you know, it's it's not uncommon that in that pricing process will do some discovery with the, the builder to understand things like okay well why are you buying or what's the biggest problems you have right now and and what are some metrics we can put around what that problem looks like in terms of time lost or potential bad things happening and how much that could cost the company and then measuring through time with sign on site how we're improving those key metrics and then what that means in terms of the value they're getting yeah um, and that really helps businesses understand, I guess, why they might be the real drive, business drivers behind why they might be looking at a system like that. And, and sometimes, uh, not all the time, but sometimes you go through that process and you realize, well, hey, this, you know, this customer, maybe they want to buy a new system, but they either need to do a little bit more work in understanding actually what are the business drivers behind this decision or how, how much does this problem hurt right now? And that may mean they only use a subset of the tools available in sign on site initially. Yep. And then um, grow into it once they get the hang of it. Yeah. So if, Brilliant. if, um, if it's not for them right now, or if all the tools um, in terms of the stuff they pay for aren't the things on the menu that they need, then, you know, we'll just, we're flexible around managing, managing that. So um, yeah. And we've, I get, uh, one other thought on that is we're really anti like per seat license. Mm. And the reason is, is because we've seen 
how damaging that can be from a safety and compliance perspective where you know you might be paying for a thousand people can register for this project and the a thousand and one person arrives on site and tries to get inducted and something i've seen happen before is either there's no budget to pay for the next level up yeah and so someone who's been inducted ages ago might get like removed from the system in order for that seat to become available and then it comes a question well what happens to that person's records yeah what if they come back to site and we just never want to put our customers in that situation so it's just unlimited like if you have it you have it yeah you have it for as much as you want as many people like it's free to use for the for the worker you they just have to download the app and the more the merrier like yep. sounds we awesome would, we'd be stoked with however many people are going to be on site that could be 10 people it could be 400 in some cases like Brilliant. that's not our uh <laughs> we're not trying to nickel and dime people because the 401st person came on site it's like you're buying the system for this outcome which is safety and compliance and that should be able to work no matter how many people you have brilliant okay nick well we're going to wrap up the interview now um if people want to get in contact with you and learn a bit more about sign on site uh what's the best way to do that yeah, the best the best way if you're um, in the industry and you and you want some more information on the product and to try and make an assessment about whether it could help you solve any problems on site associated with safety and compliance is to go to signonsite.com.au and you can download a free information pack that breaks down all of the things we do and how how they help. Um, and from there, if you want to schedule time for a demo, we offer demo accounts as well. So we'll actually give you the opportunity to use the system at your office, for example, with a couple of key people and try it yourself as if you were the workers to get a feel for what it would look like if you implement it out on site. So that would be my recommendation. Um, if you're interested uh, in any of the future work that we're planning to do, so the current thing we're going to be focusing on at the moment is um, permit to work systems and how that can integrate into the app. So if you're interested in permit to work systems or that's a particular challenge for your business or a business you can consult to, then um, just email me, which is nick at signonsite.com.au and we can sort of start a conversation. Um, the more information and feedback we have around how that workflow works, in real life out on site, the better our product will be. So we're really keen to to get a variety of different um, experience and opinions in shaping what that feature will look like. That's great. Okay, mate. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Brendan. Cheers. You've been listening to an ohs.com.au production. I hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast. If you are, it would be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues.